Round 17 marked a disappointing display from the Hawks, the Dockers cruising to a 62-point win in Tassie. And to make matters worse, there were injury concerns aplenty, the club now bracing for some tough battles over the next fortnight. But we're here to examine both the good and bad here on the Hawk Talk podcast, so let's see if we can pluck some positives from the weekend as well. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, you'd have to be impressed with the emergence of one Lockie Bramble. Very excited about Lockie Bramble. That was an excellent display, wasn't it? He's come from the clouds. I mean, who who saw this coming? It's just an instant impact. Andy Collins. Like. Andy Collins, sorry. Well, that's true, yeah. If we have to put it down to one guy, <laughs> he saw this from way out. But you didn't really think that you know, he'd get included in the side and make quite the splash that he has immediately. It's just his decision-making is really nice, and we haven't had many fellas who were able to kick the ball so well in their fourth game. Well, that's it. That's what I was going to say. It's not just his decision-making, but the ability to execute well on those decisions. He had 27 disposals at 85.2% disposal efficiency. That's a guy that you want to have the footy, you know. <laughs> you want him to be the link-up player. He's doing it beautifully. Not only that, six intercepts and a team-high 550 metres gained. Wow. And 11 touches in that third quarter, so... He's really, you know, because they know about him then, but he's still stepping it up. Yes, exactly right. No, very excited about Lockie. And previous to this, we've seen with his other games, little cameos in quarters. But you'd have to say that this is a more complete performance, which is really encouraging. Well, to run down the ball, tap it down to yourself, play on, kick it to... Well, he could have had the shot himself, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But he decided to give it to Jekka. I was surprised he gave it off to Jekka, but that's uh, fine. Team rules. Well, Box Hill's a team that you want to follow. You know, <laughs> They're instilling some good good football, good principles. And so there, we mentioned, there we mentioned the other highlight of the day, Jekka. He played all right. Better yeah. than his first game, which was well terribly he, frustrating even for the fans. Exactly right. This is his third. And uh, look, you, you have to persist with him. He's finally, when he gets the supply, when he gets a good run at it, he's half decent. He had 10 disposals, two goals and a goal assist. He was involved in uh, four score chains and all. And uh, 0-7 one week and two goals straight the next. Don't mind that at all. Hawthorne selection panel just stares down the inaccurate kicking at VFL level and goes, nah, you'll be all right, AFL. Because he was missing sitters. He was. It was just a really off day that afternoon that we were out at Box Hill. That morning, I should say. That frosty, frosty morning. Um, the thing about Jekka, did you notice his first goal, though? Something in particular about the way we delivered the ball to him. And I'll tell you this. You can go back and review the footage, Hawks fans. He seems to be the only one in our forward 50. And he clearly starts deep as well. He's leading up at the footy, and he, he seems to be the only one there. So Jager can kick it to him, and it's an easy mark. Did you, Did he sort of... Uh... Get the Frio guy thinking it was VFL rules, did he? You have to I, keep one on the forward 50 or something. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but that's the way I'd like our forward line to look, frankly. Well, that that's exactly how it looks in VFL, isn't it? Exactly that's, right. But, but it's due to the rules at that level to create space and so you can see talent. It, it all, As far as I'm concerned, Tiz, it all came together in that moment. We're able to deliver it to a forward leading into space. And he had space either side of him. He could have led to either pocket if he wanted. And um, Jager? Probably his best moment for the day. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, I mean, not really much competition for that one for Jager. Yeah, he was down. But he's been lifting the team for... Well, I mean, he was leading clearances at one point in the year. So yeah. he's just fatiguing as the year goes on. There's not a great feedback loop for Jager and Tommy and James and, you know. William. It was quite obvious that uh, Newcomb wasn't there, the lack of defensive efforts in the Absolutely. centre. Absolutely, yep. I, I 
100% agree with that. Like uh, we uh, we notice him in his absence, Will Day, and now we're noticing Newcomb in his absence. And suddenly you take Lockie Bramble in his fourth game out of this team, it looks pretty dire. Well, I mean, we're going to have to take CJ out. Well, exactly just right. the MVP or 52% game time for the match. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. The, the very worrying thing about this and I'm consulting my notes here, it was 58% game time, so you're close. He was in our top five contributors going by AFL fantasy points. Now, I know you don't like the fantasy point system, but it's designed to give you an idea of who's being influential in this game. He finished in our top five. He played 58%. And we can talk about the midfield. I'd be happy to. There's so much to say about it. What did you think of Tom Mitchell's game? Oh, I thought he was very good. 82% and what is it? 39, 39 touches. touches? Yeah. My Godfather. He kept, And he kept... Up 12 touches in the last quarter when the game was beyond us. And he had almost no help from his other centermen. And what else can you say? He did his darndest. He tried. 404 metres gained as well. Uh, His defensive game might be the thing under scrutiny here. Five tackles. Leading leading the club, except for Jager, who had seven. And Shields, who had five. So... He's also second best for pressure acts as well. So um, if you want to apply scrutiny to that part of his game... If he doesn't get the three votes, it'll be Bramble. Yeah, that's right. It's between those two. I do think you're right in saying he was let down by Shields, O'Meara and Warple, though, who are all pretty mediocre. But he is dependent on the guys running past Mm -hmm. to look like he's efficient. Yes. He can get the ball, but it's up to the others to deliver it. That's not really his role. Okay, but I put out a question. I said, the midfield don't work. Best thing to do probably is to get rid of one of them. Yeah, why are you sounding like a Texan posing that question? The midfield don't work. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You know it, it doesn't work. You know it doesn't work, though? That accent I just attempted. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hasn't worked. Uh, Clarko's made numerous attempts trying to get it to work. You've seen they all run in the wrong positions. They're led to the ball most of the day. Oh, mate, I, I posted to it's, our Twitter as well. It's not just the ruck either. No, it's not. I posted to our Twitter, at Hawk Talk Pod. There's just a, a fragment of vision from the uh, late in the third quarter where I just picked out one center clearance in particular and I just could not stop watching it back, trying to find out what we were trying to do. And I, I thought all... Three midfielders. What was it? Warpool, Mitchell, and Jager were all playing very defensively. Well, they're reactive. They're reactive. Well, they're, but, but they're not reacting quick enough either. No, but they're reactive because they're like, you're not doing any defending. Right. When you shouldn't have to defend if you get the ball. It's, it's very difficult. you got to. They're all see ball, get ball, and Jager's kick ball. The other two are <laughs> find someone better to hand it to. True. You saw Jago how many times he tried to kick and got done for holding the ball. Yes. He's yeah. got no confidence in those people running past. Yeah. So basically what we're looking at at the moment is a club struggling to field a back line, struggling to field quick players in the midfield, mm-hmm. and a bloke that adequately plays his role, Lockie Bramble, mm-hmm. looks like a star. I think you've summed it up nicely. That's not to deride Lockie, though. No. Excellent game for... Fourth gamer, that's incredible. No, but, but, but you've highlighted that it shouldn't fall on him. But, you know, if we're looking back at our three-peat sides, wow, you know, this is so far off it. Well, a 17th place team will be far off a three-peat, I think. That's fair enough. Well, we saw them get belted like this, the three-peat sides, yeah. every now and again. The problem is here, there there is effort. And those days, they'd either trained too hard or they'd, mm-hmm. they'd just had enough. 
We need to remain with the midfield. We've had a number of questions from listeners on Twitter about this. First one from Glenn at Hawk Talk Pod. The midfield is obviously a huge issue. Should the coaches and coaching come under as much scrutiny for that as the individual players? Of course. I don't understand what we're trying to do. That particular piece of vision that I referred to before, I don't know what the mentality of the players is to be that defensively minded playing behind their players at a centre bounce. Well, at that point, the plan isn't working, so you won't be able to work out what the plan is. Frio were calling the shots. Mate, where they stand on that field is entirely up to them. Yeah, but... Okay. Yeah, but Darcy... No, he no, no, was no, 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 so much better. Oh, no, Darcy yeah. gave Segler and McAvoy a bath. There's no question of that. But where they start in the middle and how they line up with their opponents, there's no gun to their heads on that one. They can choose that. And when Segula gets a tap and it gets down to no one... Yeah, because they don't expect him to that's get right. a tap. That, no, it's not, one of not, six. Not only, yeah, that's right. Not only that, but they don't hunt the football either. I, I, I do... I have to wonder. That can't be the willingness of the players, 100%. That has to come down to strategy. I don't know what we're playing at when I see that kind of thing when we're about 50 points down. That's not an attacking mindset. That's stemming the bleeding. And... I, I don't understand. I don't... Why? Why? What have you got to lose? You're a 17th place side. Well, you look far worse if they just pick it up and run out the middle. But that's exactly what's happening. We're not going in and getting the footy. I don't... Yeah. I'm I'm baffled by it. I, I can't believe it's, it's not instruction. That has to be part of it. It's the loser mentality. Yes. Okay. And that happens. Your confidence goes low. You decide, all right, my bloke ain't going to touch the ball. It's not going to be my fault. Yeah. That's what happens. We had a question from Neil here following on the same lines. Uh, Are our mids being coached badly, failing to execute what they're being directed to do, or equal proportions of both? Well, I think I spelled out personally just then. I I think it has to be a combination of both. Worth reviewing who the midfield coach is, Brendan Bolton. I don't know what he's doing. Um, it doesn't seem like anything good. Well, I mean, for a long time, we've had this sort of structure where we win the ball back if it goes to the opposition in the midfield, but that's not happening now because you haven't got the talent in the back half now due to injuries. Yeah. Well, it suddenly looks very dire. We'll get to that soon. So now you need to try something and play... Who do we have that we can run through the midfield? Because we can't keep leaving it to the same three fellas. And those three fellas, um, Tom Mitchell... Mm-hmm. Amira and Warple need to find other positions that they can play. And this is probably an opportunity to try them out there. We heard from Jane, what can or should we do about the midfield with the squad that we have for the rest of the year? Because whether we trade or not and draft, we won't see the effect of that until next year. And that's exactly what you've highlighted, Tiz. What do we do right now? And the answer has to be get bold, get brave with your positioning of players at centre bounces. And it took all day. But I want to talk about your mate, Connor Nash. Go ahead. I was happy to see him put in there eventually. He had two clearances. So he put his hand up for the ball in the first quarter and absolutely rat-assed every touch. (laughs) It was about, what, three or four in a row. It was horrific. If he wanted to redeem himself, he, he just he botched it completely. At least he was one of the blokes that tried to pass into the forward line rather than yeah. just the big long kick. I didn't yes, notice that. I did notice that. It doesn't actually it's not doesn't look that bad anymore, the big long kick when you've got Cozzy and Jacker down there and McAvoy roaming around. It sometimes looks yeah, the best option. It's now. not quite as frustrating for me as it used to be. 
I, I know what I'd prefer, but I can understand that the opposition neutralizes that option. So sometimes you have to go the big long bomb into a pack. So Nash mm-hmm. goes into the middle, gets a center clearance. He's lining up on five, which yeah, me a little bit most wide. amusing. Yeah, I was a little bit, you know, sheepish, worried about that. But anyway, um, but it happened at a point in the game where five's done the damage already. Frio's going to win. What have you got to lose? Like we're not clawing our way back. You might as well just, as you say, try something. Speaking of clawing his way back, fifty percent disposal efficiency yeah, by the end. Yeah. Oh, look, mate, I'm not saying that Nash had a good game. I don't want any listeners to mistake my words for that, but I, I'm happy to at least see that it's not the combination that consistently fails us in the exact same way every single time. So novel failure rather than predictable failure? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that with about six games to go in the season. All right, so the point is Nash probably showed more than a few, would you say? Well, he did. He did. At least uh, while his disposal efficiency was in the toilet, at least he found more of the footy than about half the team. Yeah, he wasn't damaging with it. But they started to look for him after a while. I noticed Mm -hmm. that. He looked like he was part of the team. Yeah. Whereas a few times he's just looked like a shag on a rock. So if they can get, I think he's 23 at the end of the month. Not that I have his birthday in my calendar (laughs) or anything. But no, I looked it up earlier. But uh, he's getting. To the age where it's it's crunch time, really. So yeah. he's got six weeks. Pretty much. I And judging by the injury list, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be playing. Yeah, he'll probably get a run. Um, and I'm fine with that. This six weeks should be directed towards list management. It should be thinking about what are we going to do in the off-season with, with these guys and, and who's going to be on the list. And Nash, you've got time to find out definitively this is it. This is it for him and probably is it for a few others. But him specifically, yeah. Felt for Ollie Henrahan. I thought he had a good opportunity. How much game time did he play in the end? It would have been a fair 50%, bit. 50%. 50%. Yeah. And three, three touches. Yeah. Didn't really do anything. Not eh? in the midfield though, eh? That's the other thing. Like They were playing him in the midfield in Box Hill. Yeah. Give it a go. What have you got to lose? I mean, you'll lose the game. Like, but that that's going to happen with a 17th place team. You're probably going to lose the game. It's very different, though, playing against, you know, the Gold Coast whatevers. They just been put I a jumper on for the first time. Against, I up against Fife and Sarong. He did it against Essendon as well. Barlow made us look second rate, even though he's being tagged by Father Time. <laughs> just... It's, I, um... I, I, look, I understand if people are reluctant to agree with my position on this and where I'm coming from, but all I would say to that is if you're going to the footy on Saturday, and we'll, we'll get to our cranky later at, in the look, show. It pays off giving these bugs a go. We've had Bramble, who's looked yes. all right. Yes. Jacko, who've had to go back to the well on a couple of times. Brockman, with his first game back. Yep. I liked it. Looked good, didn't he? I was shocked to read that he had 14 touches, but that's fine. Um, it, it wasn't a return to remember, but... You know, it's his first game back. He liked one end of the ground. Eleven oh, touches at one end, three at the other. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but he's exciting. All I'm saying is I would be prepared to have some players in quite novel positions. Who the hell is left, Nick? Well, well, that is another reason why I'm prepared to do it. Because we've got to scramble to make some things work. Who is left? Because suddenly our injury list... It's diabolical. Oh, it's so bad. You know, our defensive line for the past couple of years has been our strongest, and it's it's been torn asunder, Tiz. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think our best defender, performer, 
who was that that had been on the weekend? Well, I want to say hats off to Kyle Hardigan. What, for, for, for letting Lob mark everything. Oh, mate, he was brave. Not a pretty first quarter with Lob kicking three, but after that, restricted to just one, he played 100% game time. He never had a spell on the bench. And I mean, part of that is forced because of what happens, but I thought he was very brave and up against it more and more as the game wore on, and I thought he, he acquitted himself well. Who would you say is, the, is your best defender from this game? Oh, I thought Greaves was much better this week. Greaves was much better this week. I don't know what happened last week, yeah. but yeah, he looked he looked like a footballer this week. Yes, no, he had a dip yeah. and uh, it came off for him like last week. Because he, he was having a crack, but nothing I, went right. I thought they'd left a little leaguer out there, to be quite honest, <laughs> last week. But anyway, Dylan Moore, strange, strange game. Good up until half time. Yep, virtually unsighted the rest of the game. Now... A few people wrote to us about Shields mm-hmm. and Bruce. Yes. Veterans that, well, they've had a tough month. I mean, Bruce hasn't. He's looked quite good in a few wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shields has definitely had a tough month. Yeah. He seems to be at the bottom of packs and getting tackled a lot and lots of hard, gritty, thankless tasks mm-hmm. as... You know, Clarko gives him those tasks throughout his career. But, I mean, 22 touches still at 91% disposal efficiency and people are asking why are we picking him every week. Where are those occurring though? And are they handballs or what's... How many metres gain did he have? He had 145 metres oh. gain, which is which is down for him. Yeah, that's not But much. nine contested and 13 uncontested. Okay. Uh, I mean, only Dylan Moore had nine. And Tom Mitchell had 10 contested possessions. All right. Bruce had nine contested possessions. They're okay. not finding it easy. No, they're not. And they're at least they're going in and getting the footy. Yeah. They're not having quite the impact that we want them to. But they're oh, definitely not. Having a, having a go. And if you saw how disappointed Shields was in the post-match interview. Yeah. Where he's just like, we thought we could beat this mob. And that's now a 10-goal turnaround. You know, that's... They know it ain't working. Well, in my opinion, that was one of the worst losses for the year. That was putting me to sleep, mate. That was difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might want to pick up your Qantas blindfold and take it to the G on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'm going, but I'm not sure why. No, you know why. It's called loyalty. Well, that's what it is. That's what it is, mate. I'm uh, a diehard Hawk supporter, fully-fledged gold member. I'll be there. But it's, it's tough. It's... Who do you bring into this side? Our defence is slashed, as we said. Let's go through it. Sicily, obviously, still continuing his rehab. He won't be right till next year. We've known that for some time, so whatever. Put him to the one side. Uh, Impey is done for the season two, having sustained an ankle injury at training, as we know. Uh, Day is an interesting case, because according to Club Comms, oh, no. they were optimistic about him lining up to face the Dockers. Mm-hmm. This is in spite of the fact that, you know, Moonboot, crutches. Yep. You would think they'd put a line through him. Those are some of the worst communiques the club ever puts out, those medical That's true, yeah. It's true. Videos. I should know by just... now how to, to, to not pay attention to them. But uh, I don't know. They, they, he could be right for Melbourne, but I don't know why he'd risk him. I'd, I'd leave him another week. Their answer to the toilet roll shortage. <laughs> Scrimshaw during the game against Fremantle was subbed out with a concussion. CJ, this is the big one. He sustained a knee injury. It's suspected now that he's done for the year. We're still waiting as we're recording PCL, right now. PCL yeah. rather than ACL, which is 10 yes. weeks, 10 yes. to 12. So, so he'll certainly be that's training it. for next year, which is good. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're recording this at a time before the official injury report, but here we are. Um, and Hardwick. Yeah, Hardwick being the late withdrawal with hamstring tightness. And you add that to the other players we're missing, uh, Wingard with his hamstring injury. Uh, we haven't heard exactly the extent of that. Morrison is still three weeks away with his own hamstring worries. And Gunston still has no timeline for a return, still battling back issues. And uh, well, That's I- cotton wool there. Hardwick underlined his importance by not playing. <laughs> that's right, he did. And Scrimshaw, two incidents. One looked to be neck rather mm. than concussion. So um, that can be longer than what you'd expect for a concussion. So all the best to... All those guys, because if you start putting those names back into the lineup, you're not losing to Frio, let me tell you. I would completely agree with that. I mean, what, the first six I read there, that's a back line. Hmm. <laughs> that's an entire back line. <laughs> Granted, it doesn't have a key defender, but geez, I mean, Sicily, Impey, Day, Scrimshaw, CJ and Hardwick. Did you ever feel, oh, I wish Timmy was out there? No. I'm sorry. That is so brutal. I'm sorry I didn't. Uh, I guess I was wondering throughout the game as we sustained those injuries. Cousins? Did you feel oh, we could have no. done with Cousins? No. Reeves? Reeves I did. This yeah. is, see, now this is this is the way to think about these things. Well, I did wonder during the game, we had a question from Aiden here, with the amount of injuries in our back line, do we have enough players to replace them all? I just wondered what changes we could swing at all at that point off Aiden's question. I was like, so, what, what is changes? there a reason McAvoy doesn't go into the back line now? I don't know. They do seem done with that experiment, don't they? Yeah. I don't know. It did have its moments. It you did. Can, you can't say it was a complete failure. No, I'm not. I'm okay. just saying if any time called for that kind of crap. Yeah, could could be fair enough. Yeah. So anyway. I did, so I did wonder just who was left. Who do we who do we have to bring in? And O'Brien, you mentioned Reeves. We've got Saunders, Downey, Cousins, you said, uh, Newcomb, Morris, McGuinness. Brooksby, Hartley, Pepper, Lewis, and Callow. Now, not all of those are going to fit straight into a, a depleted back line. Well, I tell you what, this is Pepper's best chance. Oh, absolutely it is. This week? If not now, then when? <laughs> I don't know how he's going to get a shot. And Hartley? Hartley, yep, I'd say he's a good shot as well. Don't know if they'd try Reeves. I'd prefer that they did. Again, I'd rather uh, see Callow before O'Brien. We know what Even if we're only O'Brien. kicking it up to the wing. <laughs> Before it comes back. Wow, you I, have high expectations I, of this I week. Think, oh, you got to manage them. <laughs> when you hate Melbourne as much as I do, you have to have managed expectations. True. No, that's fair enough. We had a question from Justin. If Finn, Downey and Reeves don't play the rest of the season, what the hell are we doing? We're bad enough. The last six games should be about playing the kids and not wins and losses. Can, can, can I, before you jump in, I just want to say, if Connor Downey can't get past Tom Phillips for a spot in this senior side, I don't know what's going on. Now, this is another 17 disposable game from Phillips. Slight dip below his season average of 18.3, okay? I think his impact is very questionable. I'd be hard-pressed to find... This is me personally, mate. Hard-pressed to find a Hawk that I could care less about right now. I simply do not care to go to the football and watch Tom Phillips represent Hawthorne right now. That's harsh, I know. But I, give, give me Downey, give me Saunders, someone else, please. Yeah, he's uh, he's got no individual style. No. Does he? No. He's quite good overhead. He's a, quite a good kick, not an excellent kick. He's quite good at this, quite good at that. He He's in that zone that players get to in the AFL where they're quite good at most things and not exceptional at anything. And he needs to find something that he is exceptional at and can do it week in, week out. Because that's the only way... 
that you actually get over your opponent. That's the only way mm-hmm. you beat someone is by bringing them onto your turf or knowing that you can beat 95% of the other blokes at this certain thing. I struggle to identify his key strength that he has over his opponents in any given game. I don't know what necessarily he does for this side. Um, maybe I'm not watching closely enough. Maybe someone can tell me at Hawk Talk Pod. But uh, I'm I'm no huge fan of Tom Phillips and haven't been for most of the year. I, at least he gets a touch. Yeah, look, he finds the footy. I just don't know if he does anything valuable with it. Oh, I mean, that's that's a lot of blokes in our side. Well, it was on the weekend, and he as doesn't, well. and he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't have the contested touches either. He's always trying to make space for the team to work in. But I don't know. Look, it's a very tough thing to do to come to a club and look like you belong in the first place, and to come to a club that is mm. far worse than you expected. Yeah, when you came across and you're. Practically the lone wingman out there. Yeah, not easy. I think, what what are we now? We're coming into round 18. Yeah. I think I'm ready to see someone different at least have a go in that role. Do you know what well, I mean? I mean, Bramble like, played the wing. Looked pretty uh, good. I, I, and great. And that should be the template for, oh, maybe we should give another person a crack. You know, we've only got six rounds left. Let's see what we've got. I'm not sure we could do that much worse. So do you think, Mor- okay, these are the options. Morris... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They put him off the halfback flank in the VFL. Do you think he could be elevated to a halfback flank playing in the AFL? I'm not sure he'd be ready for it. I'm interested to see how it goes, though. I, Mate, I've resigned myself to Melbourne absolutely smacking us on Saturday. I, I don't think we can win that game. It might just be a question of how much. And if people want to say that's too negative, that's fine. I'll cop that. Do you hope f- to be wrong. Do me a favour, watch the replay and get back to me. Watch the replay of us against Fremantle. Don't and do tell that me. to yourself. <laughs> no, I obviously hope to be wrong. I, I would love to be wrong about that. I want Hawthorne to win. I just don't think we're going to. McGuinness? McGuinness, I'd be fine with... Uh, and we had a question about this, actually. Views from the nosebleeds. Despite our outs, is it time to drop a senior midfielder to send a message that being completely overrun time and time again isn't acceptable, looking at O'Meara or Shields? I mean, we've, we've talked about both, but if it is what we need to do to get Finn a game and see what he can do, then I'm for that as well. Yeah, no, we'll have Newcomb back in there this week. They won't be dropping any big names before a game against the top sides. It's too dangerous to expose young minds to that kind of loss. Well, that's true. You've got a few more weeks to play these guys. We know what McGuinness is capable of at AFL level, and to be honest, it wasn't... Bashing down doors. Yeah, it wasn't crash hot. So, and, and just so the listeners know... But I'm not, I'd love to see Reeves, who I think is yes. ready to pinch hit or at least play half a game against Gorn just oh, to see how see, good Gorn is. Yeah, I want to see Reeves ma- matched against Gorn and see what he can learn. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. And just so listeners know, I'm not advocating that we swing six or seven changes. That would be ridiculous. I've already but, got three forced on us, haven't we? So, Well, yeah, true. True enough. But... All I'm saying is we, we have time in the rest of the season and we've got to use it properly and see some of these guys. I think it would be a mistake to try and stay the course. So O'Brien will probably come back then, just for a steady head in the back half. For who though? Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. If you plug him in defensively, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Remember how good he was against Adelaide? Won that game for us. That feels like so long ago. Mate, I'm so glad we got to see a win when we went down there. <laughs> Bloody hell. First win for Frio in Tassie. How awful. Was it really? Ever. Yeah, no, I got your meaning. Not just wow. against us, but ever. Ever. Fair enough. Have they played North Melbourne down there lots? or? 
No, well, Siren Gate against. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, is the closest completely they forgot got. about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who could forget? Well, me clearly. <laughs> uh, now we've lost the last three games we played against Melbourne. The last two by over seven goals. D's look like they've recaptured some mojo against Port Adelaide, and we're severely depleted and underwhelming across all lines at the moment. I want a definitive idea of how you think this game is going to go. They've heard from me, the listeners. They know I'm feeling a bit downbeat, downcast on Hawthorne. Get stuffed. I'm even more dark than you. This <laughs> You know, it was a bit I, of a I hospital can, hand pass, book, was it? I can book tickets at nine o'clock tomorrow. I just sitting in the MCC with all those smiling Melbourne fans, and they won't even look worried this week. I don't think. No, they won't. They shouldn't be. You know, every now and again we might kick two goals in a row, and they'll drop their pie or something. You know, cheese board, thanks. Yeah, oh, cheese board. Yeah, and knives just... out. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, no. Nah, they're, they're no, gone. it's still all about round twenty-three and Richmond. Oh. Are... Richmond, is that four losses in a row? I think that's four losses in yeah. a row. Yeah. Unbelievable. I looked at the score. I think it was like half time. I thought, oh. Three quarter time, they were up by a good margin, I think. Yeah. Well, they dropped the next four goals, I think. Yeah, but it was seven goals to one of the last eight goals. Right. All calling, well, basically all calling them. So the stage is being set. If they even make it to, to anywhere near the eight, they're 12th at the moment, Richmond. So I don't know about this new prophecy, mate. I mean, I hope it comes down to it. I hope it's Hawthorne that knocks them out of... So post the bye, they've had St Kilda, mm-hmm. who they lost to by 40. Then they lost to the Suns by 10. Then they lost to Collingwood by 16. Now they've got the Brisbane Lions okay. and the Cats. Yeah. Right? The Dockers, North, the Giants, and Hawthorne. Well, the Giants are a wild card at this point. You never know what they're going to serve up. I enjoyed that game, actually. Them getting done by Gold Coast. That was remarkably... Fun, which means tonight North have their game against West Coast. I totally forgot there was still football to be played this round. <laughs> Monday night clash. Where did that come from? Do you, do you think North can get up? No. Do you think they want to get up? No. Do you think they want to give us pick one? Sadly, no. <laughs> Part of me just has this this sneaky hope that they don't take horn with pick one. Just miraculously, they botch it. What are they going to do? I don't know. I'm just... Oh. Be good taking one of those old type horns to the football. Remember the Peter Bell fan that was just covered in bells? <laughs> no. No, I remember Catman. Yeah, no, he was worse than Catman. He actually made noise the entire game yeah, right. when Peter Bell had the had the ball. And Hawthorne fans, we could have a hawk's horn. Like a Vuvuzela. I was going to say Vuvuzela. No, Vuvuzela. Let's throw the whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, miscellaneous list of questions. Uh, we heard from Dino with Sammy taking and continuing with the list management reigns. Who's at the top of his list across Box Hill and the senior side? We saw what he did with Warpeter under his wing previously. I'm keen to get both of your thoughts. I'm keen to get thoughts on is Warpedo maxed out? Have we seen his best? I'm worried about that too. I'm not sure. Was that his best? Pick 45. Is there really any more upside to the kid? It's just so hard to know. The, the midfield is faltering so badly. That it's really tough. I thought you were going to talk me round, but I don't know. You just I... left me drowning in this sea of worry. <laughs> well, I think the worries are warranted when you're a 17th place side. You have to wonder about what's actually working and which of the guys are going to take you forward. It wasn't doesn't feel like too long ago we we're talking about him as captaincy material, um, but some of the stuff I saw on the weekend, some of the stuff I've seen this season, you do have to wonder if 
this is it. Has he peaked? And I'm not talking about his PCM year necessarily. It's tough. It's a very tough year for a lot of these boys. And uh, they're going to be better for it. But we definitely need some talent in that midfield. And if we could get Horn, whew, we would be much better, much quicker. You've got to remember, we've got a third of our best team out. Not in the midfield, though. Yeah, but, you know. There's nowhere to hide for those guys. If, even if you got the ball in the midfield, there's no easy option. It's true. Yeah, that doesn't help. Um, yeah, obviously, priority number one for the offseason and, and the draft is to get some mids replenish those stocks, find something new, rejuvenate it. Who do I think Sammy might have at the top of his list? I think he's taken a shining to um, Jack Saunders, Mighty Mouse. I think he might be the guy that he's got earmarked to play a pretty significant role in the team that he inherits. Yeah. Okay. Speedy, good user of the footy. Think Michael Osborne? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're still playing at Box Hill and they haven't been called up, it's generally because they've had an injury by now. Yeah, well... So, uh, Seamus Mitchell... Seamus Mitchell, yeah. ...would probably be one that uh, Sam would love to have in that AFL side mm-hmm. with his speed. And he's got a he's got a knack for being in the right spot at the right time. Bit of a poacher. Look forward to seeing more of Seamus Mitchell once Box Hill resumed. They had a scratch match against a composite side Carlton and North Melbourne and they lost yes they got absolutely towelled up but yep. whatever scratch match Mitch Lewis still got right uh, I think he I read that he kicked a goal I'm not sure how he did Maybe, hopefully the club will furnish us with a uh, report on just what went down because it was at Icon Park I think mm. not well, sure you, if judging by how they talk they think Mitch Lewis is, is you know AFL quality yeah yeah uh, he might be one of the inclusions this week if they decide that they're not, that they're not interested. Reckon, how do you reckon the contract talks are going down at Hawthorne at the moment? I mean, if you were managers of some of these players, you'd be looking for offers. I'm trying to think of who's out of contract. Trying to think of who's in contract. Oh, no, It'll who be wants quicker. an extension? Yeah. Yeah. God, I don't know. Anyway, it's just something to think about as we get closer to the end of the year. I feel like next year is all I'm thinking about. <laughs> Why is that? Because I Clarko's last year, four hundred no, everything, everything that we're putting in place now in terms of team selection and on field is it it sets the course. So I I'm so not result focused at the moment. It'd be great to win, obviously that's fun, but I'm thinking about what it means to the team down the line and who's who's going to be on this list. Well, I'm worried about unnecessarily rewarding fellas who uh, really aren't performing that well. And that's that's something that's going to happen now. There's no pressure. Yeah, I think you might be right. We heard from AJ. This is a meaty question right here. Graham Wright had a strategy of reloading the list by bringing in free agents and trading early picks for players like O'Meara, Mitchell, Wingard, Impey, <coughs> etc. Reloaded and misfired. Yes. In hindsight, it's clear that it hasn't worked out. Could it have worked if only he'd landed a couple more big fish? Perhaps Tom a Canelio or Tom Lynch even. Forget Canelio. Tom Lynch. <laughs> or was it a stupid and delusional strategy from the beginning? Would we have just been better off to start rebuilding through the draft from 2016? Oh, uh, I haven't been blown over by Tom Lynch, have you? No, not necessarily. But then again, he did, does have two flags. so Yeah, he does. Yep. <laughs> so many stones we can throw, unfortunately, at Tom Lynch. Yep. He performs better than uh, our key forwards, so fair play. Right, well, that's that done. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I think... Yeah, it's unfortunate. Was it stupid and delusional? Well, no, it wasn't. It, oh. He had a good structure. It's a bold call. Well, they got fairly close to 2016, and then they thought 2017 coming around. Well, it's... It fell to pieces pretty badly. We were losing to the Suns by about 83. Yeah. 
But that was early on. Yeah, there were some good signs towards the end of the year. And we've been in a prelim since... No, we haven't, no. 2011. Well... And we'd missed out on one in 2016. In 2018, we made it back to the semi-final. We went out in straight sets in the semis. Yeah. Yeah. Melbourne. Yes, and Richmond before that, but obviously Richmond around that time, half-decent side. Yep. Not like these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm going to enjoy I, I saying think I'm that. glad they took that shot. I know it's mm. forced us into getting rid of Clarko now. Wow, okay. That's basically what's happened, mm. right? If, if Clarko had gone the rebuild in 2016, what do you think would be happening now? Oh, I mean, the fans would be crying foul for one. They wouldn't abide by that. No, and I think this is the point about Clarko. We, we've seen his loyalty not only to his players, mm. but also to his club, apart from a few distinct personalities that were mm-hmm. ushered out. There's just been a few miscalculations that have ruined an otherwise admirable kind of idea and effort well, to stay alive. Isn't it just one now? Okay, go on. Jordan? No, not no. I, I'm more talking about the players that we've tried to bring in. Scully, oh, okay. well, Scully not, and Patton. Yeah, all right. Well, they were done for a packet of chips. The one no, that, that really buggered us up, hmm. Vickery. Yeah, Vickery was a big one, yeah. We had a question on this, Vickery or Patton. Definitely Vickery. <laughs> okay, all right. He had a cat pack, backpack for his cat. Anyway, uh, look, there were just plenty of ideas that seemed really good at the time. Um, and all together, in, in culmination, they just haven't worked out. Yeah, half the problem is uh, knowing what it takes to win a premiership. He had a core structure that knew what it took. Mm-hmm. We lost Cyril. We picked up Vickery, which was absolutely abysmal trade. Yeah. And then we, we decided, well, that didn't work, but we'll do a couple of Hail Marys, take mm-hmm. a couple of blokes out of GWS. Maybe they'll prop us up a little bit. Um, Patton probably deserved the chance. He'd been denied so many opportunities, and then he decided that he would deny himself one. Uh, and then Scully sort of fell out of love with footy. So, you know. There's just a, a bunch of players still, and even some remaining on our list at the moment, where it's like, geez, if, if they really just managed to hit that potential and managed to be everything that we were hoping, God, it would be climbing up the ladder, would be rocketing up the ladder, but it just hasn't worked out that way. O'Meara, yeah, fine. Mitchell, Brownlow medalist, great, but these days, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, that he hasn't had a preseason for three years now. Yep. So to we, be getting 39 every week, still the we, endeavour of the man is, you can't question it. Wingard is probably a classic case of what I'm talking about, where it's like, awesome, sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Wingard, but, eh. Wingard plays like he's collecting the money. No? no? I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, he hasn't given us what we wanted out of no, him. No, it's true. And that's what I'm getting at. These plays, that they all seem like very good in theory. That, that but game against hasn't... Nick Hind, yeah. come on. He'd like to put that behind him. Anyway, moving on. This question from Watts. It's well established that the media story when we win is Clark, who is a master coach and a genius. When we lose, it's because of the players. I worry that Sam might get the opposite treatment. When we win it, it will be because of the players. And if we lose, it will be because of the coach. What are your thoughts? Can't help that. Ignore the media at most junctions. I think that this flipping of the script is exactly what's going to happen. But it's as you say, Tiz, you just got to ignore it. Well, I mean, you know. They just fall into the same traps all the time. What, the media with their narratives? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's boring. Like, I mean, 
you don't win grand finals by that margin just because of the coach. True. And yet they don't hang the other coach out to dry. Yeah. They did well to get there. Sometimes they even gave them best coach of the year. <laughs> God, I mean, Clarko's going to finish up without winning coach of the year. Think Sam that. gets one in the first year. Yeah. <laughs> That's now, all right. <clears throat> what happens if we finish top four next year? Oh, my God. What happens? And eh? we're faced with the Malthouse situation. I mean, frankly, I don't think it's something that we're going to have to worry about. But it's, a, it's a huge what if that yeah, it's, no, it's not going to come to pass. What if it happened? What if... Oh, come on. Connor Nash oh. <laughs> decided that, you know, actually, I can play midfield. And uh, him and Dan Howe became these two destructive forces against the opposition. Here's a question for you. Just this rolling maul of Nash and Howe. Don't look at your laptop. Did Dan Howe play on the weekend? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, he did. He played pretty well. Did he? Early. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm not sure what happened, but the structure fell apart, let's face it. Steve writes, uh, given you and Tiz have been watching Box Hill closely, what difference in game style have you seen from Sam versus Clarko this year in the big leagues? And how do you predict the Hawks will adapt? Oh, there's some patience to the game at Box Hill where they'll chip it round. But do, you gotta, do you really think that's a key difference? Because I'd say we've got that mastered at senior level. No, but they'll chip it round uh, and actually take ground. Correct. Yes, that... Okay, I'll give you that. That will be the difference between them. They will actually manoeuvre the ball around. You yes. can see the minds of the players working to get the ball into a better position um, and often hitting the point of the centre square mm-hmm. um, in order to distribute it either quickly by hand or yep. by foot. And and that that possession game, if we're forced into that, it'll be a credit to the opposition neutralizing that and forcing us to play that way. But if the opposition relaxes for a moment and gives Box Hill a sniff, Box Hill will run right. They yeah, will, they also they have, have, they have the legs. counter-attack too. Yes, absolutely. They will slingshot it up the other end for an easy goal. And uh, that's one of the key differences. We don't see that at senior level. There's much more space, for one, and um, there's, there's much more drive and dare and uh, a bit more polish, I dare say, as well. I wouldn't go that far. I would. <laughs> the um, the contested rate down at Box Hill isn't that good either. Well, that's true. Um, so, but they you know they don't have many midfielders running around off an AFL list for them. So mm-hmm. I think he's done well. Um, they win the ball back and then they distribute it very very well. And they don't have the skills of AFL players, so they've got to really have a high work rate to create space. I think that some of Hawthorne's best footy this year has been reminiscent of what I've seen in the reserves, frankly. I, I don't oh, see how... Oh, it's a very they're... similar... Yeah, obviously I'm... most of the Box Hill guys have been groomed to play AFL. Yeah. So it's hugely similar game plan. It's just that the way they execute it is maybe easier, but it's certainly mm. more efficient down there. The one and only Dancing Bear, who will not be renewed for... Tw- or who should not be renewed for 2022? Who should be traded, Shields and or Bruce or others... Uh, and this follow-up question, Hawk12, in all honesty, who do you think we should be trying to trade or delist at the end of the year? And uh, can we try and trade up the draft order using two second-round picks? Should that be our priority? Uh, well, I, th- I don't think there's much point in getting rid of Shields or Bruce. Bruce is a tough one because as frustrated as I, as I was with his game on the weekend, 
he's still one of our leading goal kickers. So I think if you suddenly just one take... of the highest contested rates, uh, Bruce and Shields. Well, that's true. Yeah, you did point that out before. But like I was saying, broadly speaking, if you take Bruce off this list all of a sudden, then that's a massive goal. And vacuum. he's mentoring some of the fellas up in the forward line. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Letting his own game go to waste. Yeah. Also, I think we just resigned Shields is him, doing didn't that we? too. We did. Yeah. But that only means that he's tradable. So. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Shields, he puts everyone before himself, doesn't he? Incredible. He doesn't get the recognition from Hawthorne fans now. It's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, I, I think, that, you know, it used to be that he wouldn't get the recognition from the media, but I think Hawthorne fans are, I don't know. Turning on him. Bored, maybe? They want. They just want the new, the new blood? Maybe, yeah. From week to week, I can be part of that group as well, part of the, the mob, as it were. So if we are intent on getting up... The pecking order in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gold Coast have said they wouldn't mind if um, someone took their pick off them. Yeah, but you'd imagine it would would be for experience. So I don't know if two second round picks is going to get that done. You might have to like couple that with something else, right? And North aren't going to negotiate, are they? On their uh... haven't heard from North. They got phones down at Arden Street, or uh, they got internet there yet? Yes, and I think they're still solvent as we speak. <laughs> No one pick up the phone. Someone's using the internet. <laughs> um, no, what are we going to do? Because uh... well, I, I know what some of our, our listeners are going to say. They'll, they'll hypothetically say, "Look, if they wanted Tom Mitchell, what would you do?" Do they want Tom Mitchell? What do we Look have? Look at his work rate. Of course, they want him. What do we have in terms of experience that we can offer Gold Coast? Because I think that's what they're after for pick three. Ultimately, then they're not going to want to deal in picks for picks. I imagine. Well, they're not pick three anymore. Oh, yeah. What are they? They're 14th now, so that's pick five. Oh, stuff which becomes pick, <laughs> Which becomes pick seven. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, if there was the, the deal was there, I'd be very interested. But I don't know. I don't know what what currency we have to offer them. It flows into Brett's question as well. At Talk Talk Bold, what will Gold Coast's first pick cost us? We it's, do um, need to get up the draft because there's about 10 really good boys mm. uh, that can change a footy club. And then it sort of peters out. You know, yeah. it's very hard to discern who will be great from the next crop. So if we can get higher, it makes it a lot easier. We heard from Travis. Does Fergus Green get considered to be brought into the team as a late pick in this year's draft? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I he hope so as well. He certainly puts his hand up every week. He plays his heart out. He's got skills. He's not overly developed, I'd have to say. But If his name was read out, mate. I'd be wrapped. I'd be very happy. I'd, be, I'd say he deserved it. Yep. He's played very well this year. He's star attraction down at Box Hill. And sh- he should certainly be in the AFL system. Yeah, he seems a bit above the standard down there. Uh, arriving virus, our last question today. Uh, who are you guys gunning for to win the premiership this year since our hopes and dreams have come true that the Richmond dynasty appears to be six feet under? Uh, well, Frio are in the eight now. So oh, no way. Frio are seventh. At least pick a team with a, with well, a chance. They've never won one. Pick a team that has a sporting chance. Come on. I don't want anyone to bloody win. I'd be happy for Brisbane to win it. Why is that? You want Birch to have another? Yeah, that'd be nice. And Fagan and... They just uh, they don't offend me, Brisbane. They're just too far away. Yep. You haven't been to a game up there. They're bloody offensive. <laughs> no, I don't even understand the game. At the start of the year, I said St Kilda. They're ninth. I'll have St Kilda, thanks. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it'll be good for Ratton. And Ruffy. Yep. Everything comes back to Hawthorne, folks. 
Uh, speaking of, we've submitted our bid for an AFLW license. Really? It's Hawk happened. Talk pod AFLW. No, yeah, us personally. No, obviously. We the might have has. a better chance. Oh, my God. Uh, HawthorneFC.com.au said, uh, Hawthorne has submitted its bid for an AFLW license, which would see the club join the competition in season seven. Why are they counting them? Can we let that go? Yeah, that's an American thing, isn't it? Is it? I suppose yeah. it is, yeah. Commencing at the end of 2022, the application emphasizes like, the like clubs... What, what Olympiad are we up to now? God, I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Thank you for derailing me. Uh, the club's strong foundation for an entry into the league, given the club's large membership base, strong social footprint, and considerable community presence across its heartland areas. So, a very... Uh... I didn't know footprints were social now. <laughs> what is that? Very uh, manicured and, and well-spoken and articulate press release there from the uh, from the club. Strong social footprint. Yes. So likelihood, Nick, of us actually getting a team now that we've obviously demonstrated that we can field a fully functioning VFLW team that wins premierships and has a good ethos and character and builds up the game rather than bringing it down. All this stuff has been true for ages. Yep. So, look, I've surely it's successful. All they need to do is tick a box, sign it, and send it back, right? Yep. Yep. I'd think so, yep. <laughs> anyway, we need to wrap up. We need to get out of here. Uh, question for you, though, listeners, before we go. Uh, have you rated and reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts? Because if you enjoy what we do, jump on and spread the word. Yeah. Um, remember, we watch it so that you don't have to. <laughs> that's right. Might have been a tad negative this week, but that's all right. That'll happen from time to time. So uh, maybe if we could give some sort of guidance as to what, say, you might put in a review, um, maybe judge us on the, the breadth of episodes rather than just this specific one. <laughs> Come on. Bramble is the headline act. Yeah. And I saw enough from him to, to declare 150-game player. Could be. Could and, be. Uh, you know, something to build around. Jacker, he got his chance, took it this time. I've got to say the ins were very pleasing. Yeah. There uh, was a Brockman, Jacker, DGB. There was an undertone that uh we've got to renew this team. Yeah, got a taste for that now. I just want to keep on going. I want to see different faces in the senior lineup. Of course. There's they... a bloke we didn't mention, DGB. Who didn't mention you want to mention him now? I've got notes on him. Go ahead. Bit of an interlude into the social media stuff here with DGV. Just his second game. And it's got to be said, not a great time to be in uh, the back six for Hawthorne. But look, he, given that you know he's new to it, needs support, needs protection as he develops, but he's just not going to get it for the, for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. He's not going to be afforded either of those things. Just the nine touches, 37 metres gained. Nothing really to write home about. But he did have an equal team high seven spoils. Timing is good. Timing is good. I think he was playing the role that he was there to do. So, excited to see him again. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely I mean, he lacks, has to... He, he lacks chemistry with those around him, but he took a couple of marks that mm-hmm. were quite good, I thought. You know, yeah. relieving marks. So, you know, puts another one down. you got to... It used to be 50 games, the mark. Remember that? Yeah. As soon as they hit 50. Well, if he's at game... Well, he's coming into his third this weekend. He won't be dropped, so... You know... So much upside. Yeah, you're getting a sense watching these young guys as well, where it's like, oh yeah, no, he's gonna be he's gonna be something like Bramble, like Day. You just instantly know it's like, oh, they're gonna be around for some time. Like Mitch Lewis. 
Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. The social media stuff. Apple Podcasts, as I said, you can jump on there, write a nice thing about the show if you enjoy it, and get some fellow Hawks fans on board and listening to our show. Who would you put in a stained glass window? <laughs> this is a reference to some merch we've got coming up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. You're doing it. You're gonna. Well, you, I saw you clacking away at the keyboard before, and you've you've put Red Bubble together. Well, you, you need to give me the password and do everything. But yeah, we're gonna put some Will Day merchandise, some Hawk Talk Pod merchandise. It's just a bit of fun. I hope so. I hope people like it. But anyway, if you stay tuned to our social channels, you can see all the latest with our Hawk Talk Pod merchandise, which is coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. You can do so via Twitter, at Hawk Talk Pod. We're steadily climbing towards our next big milestone of 2,800 followers. So jump on and join the community there. You can head to our Facebook page too, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And we've got all sorts of oddities and ancient relics from the past up on our Instagram page. You can just search Hawk Talk Podcast. Now, this last one here. It's really important. Now, let's say that you really, really enjoy our show. You really want to support what we do and score access to some sweet bonus content as well. You can do exactly that by becoming a subscriber. All you've got to do is head to our Patreon page for all the details. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. And a big thank you and welcome aboard to our newest subscribers, Chris and Jared. Thank you so much for supporting our show. You and all our subscribers make a massive difference, and we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it. Again, that address, if you'd like to support us, is patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. So we're back to the McG. The McG? Yeah. Well, I didn't know the McDonald's sponsorship ran that deep. And uh, 4.35. Yeah, the opportune time of 4.35. Very convenient indeed. Righto, Clarko. It looks like the board has doubted you, right? This is the week, mate. You beat Melbourne. All bets are off. We'll rescind the thing with Sammy. It's oh. fine. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine the furor of such a 180? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. We make top four next year. Sammy going to take over the reins? This is just the wildest. Imagine if it, it's just a massive deluge. I remember Aaron Lord kicking six against Melbourne at the G one time around 2000. Hmm. And we should never have won. And, uh, God, that was a good win. Just something like that, please. Over this awful excuse of a football club. And they got a whims team before us. Can't even run one side. (laughs) See, I was so looking forward to this vitriol for Melbourne. I'm glad that we got it snuck in right at the end. It was good. Whatever. (laughs) We'll be back next week to recap... Just whatever the hell happens on Saturday. Give us something, Hawthorne. Give us something for the highlight reel. Give us a Tyler Brockman screamer. How about that? Oh, yeah. That'd yeah, be all see? right. Yeah. See, I'm starting to channel reasons to go to the footy. Yep. Well, they should put you in the marketing department because they're going to need them. I was going to say, the club should take note. At Hawk Talk Pod, if you want to hit us up. Either of us be keen. Anyway, that'll be us for this week. We'll uh, see you again next week for a recap of the Melbourne game. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.